Welcome to uh, episode 37 37 of Off the Crossbar. Oh, it says it on the top of my screen. <laughs> um, this is Kyle, not Matt, but you did hear Matt briefly editorialize some uh, the intro. Yeah, I'm still here. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, Can't don't get rid of me. That's right. And <laughs> boy knows we've been trying. Um, <laughs> so, so in our, in our preseason, uh, mini episode series we are continuing today and today is my turn again and i'm going to be going through some individual narratives of some players that i'm interested um, most interested in following this upcoming year um the next episode actually i don't know if it's going to come before or after but matt's doing a projected starting 11 which is going to tie in just ever so sweetly and delicately to this episode i think but yeah um, um should we touch on a couple news items before sure. we get into the meat of this i would love to touch on some news items before we get into the meat of this <laughs> some something about meat okay um so so the only big news that i think we have is anderson julio officially joined rail salt lake and yeah. uh we still know basically nothing about him he had a pretty terrible time in mexico I, I forget what team he was at, but uh, did oh, not well, do particularly you bring well. Him up because he's part of, he plays an integral oh. part of this episode as being one of the people. At I Medico about. San Luis. He was a San Luis in Mexico. He was, yes. Spoiler that, alert. Uh, the other news, you may have already listened to the first episode of Soapbox Stand-Up, which is a Lucas Muller project. Uh, it'll be coming on the same feed, so expect to see that. However often Lucas produces it, I think his aim is a week, once a week, but you know, well, it, it may be more frequent, it may be less frequent. Uh, but you know, I'm sure Lucas would love some feedback there. And absolutely, good job, Lucas. We're proud of you. From special correspondent to <laughs> he got uh, his own show, his we own finally, show. We finally Again. promoted him. Wow, <laughs> that's you know a real rags to riches story there. Yeah, good guy, yeah. Lucas. I think that's all the news. Did I forget anything? Still no owner. Oh yeah, Trevor. Yeah. Do we have any other news? Um, no. Oh, okay. there were there were a couple things that warrant at least like a quick headline read. Sure. Uh, first, we added Matt Taylor to the coaching staff. Um, Glad Herrera and Ochoa were named to the U.S. Olympic qualifying roster. Uh, oh, we did get our 2021 season opener. We'll talk about that yeah. at some point when we get to the season uh, schedule a little more. And uh, Vancouver Whitecaps will be calling Rio, T Rio Tinto Stadium or whatever it happens to be named in the future home for at least part of 2021. Are they not? So I, I don't think this was ever – I'm sure it was clarified. I just didn't see it. Are they not playing at um, Zions Bank, the Monarch Stadium? No, they're, they're playing all, even a little bit. They'll be training at America First Field. Okay. Oh, I thought nice. in my head it would make more sense for them to play there because BC Place is a turf field, and that's a turf field in the Monarch Stadium, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yep. So now I, they're I getting know. the life of luxury here. I at, thought it would uh, just make more sense for them to stick to turf, but whatever. I'm actually really looking forward to going to a Whitecaps game if I get the chance. Yeah, I don't know great. why. I think it'll be like just kind of surreal. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'd be, it's it's going to be like how when I was in elementary school and my the air conditioning was getting fixed on my elementary school, I got to go to the middle school for Ooh. like three months. <laughs> so, yeah. but it was during summer ish. Idea around elementary school. I don't want to talk about it, but uh, yeah. So welcome to middle school, Vancouver Whitecaps. You finally <laughs> almost graduated. Um, you know, what's also funny about that? Sorry, brief sidebar. So, uh, the middle school that I went to briefly, um, it backs up to Bangor highway or like, um, like the field behind it backs up to Bangor highway. And you know how Bangor has those really tall walls. Well, we were playing soccer back there one time and this girl named, um, Letitia Lewis, she kicked the ball over into Bangor and we were like, dude, like that was bad. Like now we don't have a soccer ball and we're all just kind of sitting there. But then the craziest thing that's probably happened in my entire life, a gigantic truck appeared to have run over the ball and it shot back over the fence like it hit. I can't I'm trying to I, I still don't know how the physics works and it's, it seems magical, but it shot right back over, had huge tire marks on it. It was pretty messed up, but um, we had a ball back. It was great. So still don't still don't know how that happened. But uh, wow, I hope I'm not the only kid that's. Uh, got that stuck in my brain forever. So anyway, welcome to Salt Lake, <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I think a uh, good place to start since we just mentioned Anderson Julio. Um, I want to talk about a few RSL players that I'm keeping my eye on this year. They're probably pretty um, expected because um, a few of them are new. And then there's one uh, wild card in the mix that's no that's that's not an RSL player that I that I'm also keeping an eye on, and um, his his story this this upcoming season. But um, Anderson Julio is an interesting one because um, well, first of all, he's he's 24. He's a winger um, from from Ecuador, and we had been rumored to sign him back in 2019. I think Matt himself published an article about how i mean at one point it was thought to be a pretty done deal um that didn't end up happening and he ended up going to mexico instead but before going to mexico he played in ecuador's top league at ldu quito um i think at all they also played in the Concacaf champions league um he scored 23 goals for them and um again instead of going to rsl he went to mexico but had a pretty um unfruitful run of form in Mexico. He hasn't scored. He's only made 20 appearances for Atletico San Luis in Liga Mekis. And um, yeah, he has also been quoted as saying like he wished he would have just gone to RSL. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, but I'm not sure he really uh, would have wanted that because we know what the last year and a half, two years were like. So maybe, maybe this is a good, uh, good timing for everyone involved. Um, and I'm obviously really interested because he looks like he, he's got some real, uh, real talent. He, he has flashes of like, he has a similar style of playing that, that wing position as Savarino. He, but he looks a bit faster and bigger. Um, so who knows? I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, I think it's going to be, um, 
I think it's an interesting signing for us. But the other piece of this, though, is that we aren't exactly short on wingers. And I'm going to talk about uh, another one here in a sec, but um, or another two, I guess. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if he turns his form around. Um, and he, like when it like when I was first looking at uh, his, his his goal scoring record in Mexico, uh, Trevor was quoted as saying, "No goals in 20 appearances. He sounds perfect for RSL." So, Trevor, I assume you stand by <laughs> that statement. <laughs> that was uh, like a straight up just like instant reaction, not yep. looking into anything at all. Um, <laughs> I thought that he like had started 20 games and played a full 20 games and had not scored a single goal, which would be funny. Which would be, yeah, which would be. I don't think that was the case. Bad, I'm sure he came off the bench for a bunch of those. Oh, yeah, um, no, I, he came off the bench for, I think, the majority of them. I'm sure. Yeah. I think he averaged like 20 minutes a game or 20 minutes an appearance, something like that. Yeah, couldn't break into the starting lineup, though, So um, for most of those. So, yeah, really interested to to see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's he's he's in town and uh, he's apparently looked pretty good in training. But I guess we'll have to wait and see how he actually performs uh, when the time comes, which is in, in the near future. So. The next one uh, that I'm really interested this year is Aaron Herrera. But, um, I, I mean, obviously he's had some really good couple last two seasons for, for RSL and made some a pretty large leap in his trajectory, one that I wasn't fully expecting. I mean, I knew he was like a um, usable right back or um, he played left back for us for a while, didn't he? Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. mostly when uh, that was bad. We were was I forget what the situation was. Was it we wanted to play Brooks Lennon at right back, so we put Aaron on the left? Something like that, yeah. Ugh. That sound that sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 So but then like really found like after Brooks <laughs> was gone, Aaron really like uh came into form in, in that in that right back spot. And I, I expect him to just continue doing what he's doing, but um and as Matt mentioned in the beginning of the episode, he's he's part of the Olympic qualifying team and will be at the Olympics. So a chunk of this season, about a month of out of the year, we're likely to not have Aaron Herrera, Justin Glad, or David Ochoa or Douglas Martinez, which, um, you know, <laughs> uh, don't know how that one's going to affect it, but like not having those other guys is going to be, especially with our uh, very thin defensive roster at the moment. Um, it's going to be rough. But what I'm really curious about with Aaron Herrera is specifically if he can break into the senior men's national team um, into like the higher part of the depth chart, because we are insanely deep at right back for the national team, um, specifically for the senior team, I guess throughout all the ranks of, of, of the national teams. Um, but like he, for, so as an example, his competition at right back is Serginio Dest who plays for Barcelona. He can also play left back though. So um, that's an important piece. He's got Reggie Cannon, who plays for Boavista in uh, Portugal. He's got DeAndre Yedlin, who plays for Galatasaray in Turkey. He's got Brian Reynolds, who just uh, made an appearance for Roma in Serie A. And then he's got a couple MLS guys, Nick Lima and Kyle Duncan as well, who um, could challenge for that spot. So there's a lot of competition at the right back spot. But I honestly think Aaron Herrera... um, like he could have made a jump to like a lot of these comparable leagues. Like, I I don't think he's, 
I think he's a better defender than like someone like DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I don't know what, or I'm sure he's not an, as good of attacker as like someone like Serginio Dest, Dest but um, I'd be really curious to see how he actually like ranks among them in as far as quality, because it's really hard to, to compare because I, I mean, how many games we watched last season or so where Aaron Herrera just was well above the rest of the talent on our team. And, you know, it's hard to play so much of, uh, at a, a at a level higher above the rest of your team. And um, it's it's hard to really judge how good he is. Um, so I'm really hoping this year we get to, like, really understand how good Aaron Herrera is and if he'll be, like, a mainstay for the national team at some point. Because I honestly think he, he's got a really high ceiling. It's just a matter of the competition ahead of him. Okay, um, Kyle, if you were to make a prediction right now, uh, do you think he will make more than one senior national team appearance in 2021? In 2021. More than one? More than one. Okay, I'll wait for Kyle, but I've got an answer. I don't think it's... I think... So he's been he, he's been called into the senior camps before, right? I thought I he's been called into one senior so. camp. Keep so talking, I'll look it up. I think he might get a senior camp call up this year. I don't think he's going to make an appearance. Well, dude, I don't know. Like, like when you think back, like Tony Beltran got like an appearance or two for, for the, for the senior team. I, I think within the next two years, Aaron will definitely get some games, but I, it's just, we're so deep at, at right back that it's just, I, I don't know how Burhalter um, ranks them. So I think he's got the talent to do it. It's just, it's just going to be, the coaching at that point, you know? Cool. Uh, he did make one appearance uh, in February. Yeah. For camp, the national uh, team. camp cupcake, right? Yeah. 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 So oh, yeah, February camp. of this year, February yeah. last year, this year. Yeah. Oh, so he's already made one. So the question is, is he going to make one more? Oh um, yeah. yeah. Well, he played the friendly, huh? That's yeah, right. He did. The one, the man, those friendlies were like, it was like eight one against like yeah we were playing I can't even remember who we were Trinidad playing and Tobago that yeah that was tough so um but like when it comes to games that actually matter like when it comes to qualifiers when it comes to Gold Cup like that's where I like really want to see if Aaron Herrera is like in 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 the in the scope for for challenging for one of those spots but. Um, I, I know he's going to be good for RSL this year, but I, I'm also curious to see if he makes a move um, overseas because I think he's got the talent to do it. I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's worse than like um, Reggie Cannon, honestly. So, yeah, he um, I and think playing. he kind of suffers a, a little bit from just the same kind of thing that Justin Glad suffered from yeah. the same kind of thing that Tony Beltran suffered from to mention a few others like, yeah. Good players, great players that probably should be getting looks at national team, but just didn't. And I think it's part of it is because right now for Aaron, anyway, he's the best player on a bad team. And if you're yeah. a bad team, like it doesn't matter if you're the best player you, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if he stays here at RSL, I don't think he's going to get very many looks because of the depth of the position. Right. Um, but also just because I don't think anybody's going to be looking to RSL, a potentially bad team in the league to find players to help support the national team. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Herrera is far and away. Like he's definitely talented enough to play for the national team, but I think 
he probably just has too many factors working against him. Yeah, like if to you make put too him many in, more appearances. Like if you put him in, slot him in on like a, like a mid table Serie A team at, at right back with some like like good defensive line defenders. Like I mean, he wouldn't be out of place. I don't think. But no, I don't think he would at all. Anyway. I think there's several Serie A teams that would love to have a player like Aaron Herrera. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a decision about moving overseas. But yeah, anyway, so the next player that I'm really interested in, in this year is Rubio Rubin. Um, and we all, of course, know him as the 2012 U.S. soccer young male athlete of the year. I know that's that's the first thing that came to everyone's mind. Right, Trevor? I know I, you're you're Absolutely. raising your I was hand. A, I was a big fan of him back in 2012. Right. So. Rubio's only 20 uh he's only 25 but he like if you look for how many teams he's played for he's played for quite a few teams um mainly in like uh Europe Scandinavia specifically also but um he grew up he he had a couple years in the Old Trek Academy in the Netherlands and played for their senior team starting in 2014 and around this same time it was when Jurgen Klinsmann was kind of like making a push for these young kids playing in Europe um that were I mean, he also grew up playing in the national team, um, uh, the youth national teams, but um, Klinsman, you know, brought him into the senior team. Um, he hasn't made a senior appearance since 2018, but um, yeah, so he played for some some teams in, in Scandinavia. He moved to uh, Tijuana and started playing in Liga MX as well and didn't have um, a great run there either. Got sent out on loan um, and then found um kind of some footing uh in usl with san diego loyal and he had like seven goals in like four or five games or something like that ridiculous just ridiculous yeah and he like that was the most recent team he played for and then immediately you know he's getting brought to rsl after a short stint with them and people who have been around practice and stuff say he's been he's like looking like really really good like better than expectations so he's really high on my list i'm hoping um you know i think he's got he's a player that just like needs somewhere to like settle into it seems um and for someone like him it's pretty clear that he's playing at above usl level and um this is going to be a really good shot for him and mls could be a really good league for him as well um so yeah i don't have a lot other just a lot else to say about him i'm just like really excited to see um the impact he makes but again he's another winger like uh so we've got him and and anderson julio um yeah so I'm, i'm curious to see how these two guys play together um and and before i get to the last one or uh the last rsl player uh i want to briefly mention jason ramirez i think the fact that we're bringing in anderson julio kind of just means we're done with jason ramirez right that was my read on it to be honest I so think, I'm, well, I don't. I don't think hmm. it means that we're done with Jason because the so fact is, like, Jason, done, but he, he's he's not going to be challenging for the st- for no, a that, yeah. But I don't. I don't think it means that the team is like given up on him at all. Like he's nineteen still. Yeah. He's making <laughs> a pretty hefty chunk of change. Right, the team that's, has invested that's a lot thing. into him. So I'm sure that he's going to stick around. But I feel like if he's not out and out like competing for starting spots for RSL, I my 
guess is that he's going to play a lot of Monarchs minutes this yeah. year. We are paying him too much to be like a guy who can't be breaking the starting lineup. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, he's uh, a young designated player, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like he's either got to be playing for RSL or he has to be playing for Mon- He has to be playing. Like he's and losing he's a lot of time. Like he, he he's, yeah. he's below Michael Chang in the depth chart. And Michael Chang is now below Justin Miram, Anderson Julio and Rubio Rubin, I would assume. So, uh yeah <laughs> it's kind of kind of odd so the last one um oh, hasn't I, wanna, been, oh, sorry. I, have a, I have a take on jason sorry continue go ahead um i this is a weird one but i i think he is an example of a player that uh deloy hansen may have had a hand in this is not with any evidence but just the the way it went down we sold a venezuelan player immediately signed a young Venezuelan player. Like it just felt like very mechanical and uh, very unnatural. Yeah. I think the fact that he hasn't played speaks to that a little bit. Now, of course, I think he was really hard done by, you know, the eruption of the pandemic right after he got here. Right. Uh, So maybe he has a shot, but um, the other thing I'd say is uh, Rubin has mostly played forward in his career. It looks like from yeah. the transfer market. I'm curious market. to see where he plays. Oh, because, I mean, the, and the reason I mentioned that is because the next player I want to talk about is Bobby Wood, who's definitely being brought in. Um, the club hasn't officially announced it because it's still kind of up in the air when he's going to get here. And it's likely that Rubio Rubin will probably play center forward or striker, depending on what f- formation we play until Bobby Wood gets here. I would, I would assume, and I don't know if we're going to play with the two striker formation. Um, but yeah, so we normally don't play with a two striker formation. So if we're playing a four, two, three, one, and we um, have Bobby Wood here, I would assume Rubio would be on like the left wing. Um, I would assume, but who knows? Uh, because I mean, you really want to put your best players out there and I don't see Freddie changing his formation anytime soon. So I just assume he's going to try to shoehorn the, the players in wherever he can fit them. But just whatever... Whatever the formation is, just no more Demir at center forward. Just none of that. But yeah, so Bobby Wood is obviously a really interesting one. And it's not just like for RSL fans, but like anyone that's followed like American soccer is probably really interested to see what happens here because um, so he's 28 and he's another guy that was like a mainstay under Jurgen Klinsmann um, brought him in, kind of uh, picked him out from, um, he'd been playing, he played at the 1860 Munich Academy, played for their senior team. Um, he actually played with Demir Krylock at uh, Union Berlin uh, in like 2015, I think. And that's where he had his like most prolific, prolific scoring seasons. Um, that was in the two Bundesliga though. At, at the time they did get promoted. I think the year after Demir left oddly. Um but yeah, and then after that, he moved to Hamburger SV, didn't do super well, had like 70 appearances, um, but and then got loaned to Hanover in 96, felt like he kind of still remained out of form. Um, and I mean, really now is coming back to, I mean, he, he's never played in MLS, but he's always been a player that like people have wanted in MLS because I mean... He's kind of been a fringe Bundesliga player and seems to really want to need to find his footing somewhere. And MLS, especially for domestic players like Bobby Wood, um, would be a great place to do that. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see him here. I really hope he gets here soon. And it's not I, don't, I hope we don't have to wait until July. Um, 
the thing with this contract is like so his contract ends at the end of this Bundesliga season. Um, but uh, if there's a potential, there's potential of his contract being terminated. Like if they mutually agree to part ways, uh, I think the only thing that would not, that would stop that is if Bobby Wood just wants to suck out the last of that money for as long as he can, <laughs> um, which I get cause he's on a pretty big contract and it's going to be a lot bigger than what he's going to be getting at RSL. So uh, yeah, really excited for Bobby Wood. Really. I, I, like I like the theme of us having some guys that are like uh, need to prove stuff. I, I think that's a, a cool story just for this team is that like with Rubio Rubin and Bobby Wood in particular, we've got two guys who are like, they have, you know, been on the senior national team and would I'm sure like to get back there. And they're both young enough to, to do that, especially Rubio Rubin. He's only 25 or four, whatever I said, 25. So the last one that I want to talk about um, is a former RSL player, but is still in MLS, and that's Corey Baird. And I'm really curious to see what happens with Corey Baird. Um, and I hate LAFC, and I don't, but I like watching them. Um, they're a really fun team to watch, honestly. And like I think outside of RSL, I probably watched. They also just get a lot of na- national team game or uh, national broadcast games. Um, so I've watched a lot of their games, but they're a really fun team to watch. What I'm interested in particular is if, um, Bob Bradley, the coach of LAFC can like get Corey Baird to be what he almost was, I guess, like Corey Baird did get some time with the senior national team as well. Um, I think he was at camp cupcake as well and, um, probably got some appearances and some friendlies. I can't remember now. Um, but he had some uh, like one really good season for RSL and scored scored a lot of goals. Uh, did he win Rookie of the Year? Is that he is sure that? did? That's right. So I guess he had two two like pretty good seasons for RSL. And I'm wondering if in a team like LAFC, one, I wonder if he'll get time, and then two, I wonder if he'll like Bob Bradley can get him playing. Um, in a way that like suits Corey Baird because he was never really I mean no one really knew what he was being asked to do here other than just like run around and like just do Fortnite dances or whatever um (laughs) so I don't I mean I kind of felt bad for him he really started to annoy me at the end because he turned into like a huge whiny baby constantly but um I am interested to see what happens with him. He may not get time, but like the, the thing is, is they spent a lot of money bringing him in. It was like half a million in allocation money. I believe they sent to us for Corey Baird, which is great for us. Um, especially with the players that we've brought in since then. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with him and maybe, maybe he'll be good and then we'll be sad, but you know, I mean, probably not, though, right? <laughs> probably, probably not. We're sad often enough. It, it's just a blip. Yeah, yeah. No worries if we're sad again. It's not. It's not. It's it's nothing new. So heaven forbid a team with a way bigger budget and a way better coach manages to squeeze a little more out of a player than we were able to. I mean, that's really the thing when it comes to like coaches like that. I mean. It's it, there are teams that are able to get the best out of out of players because of like the coaching and because of the team around them that like I don't think we were ever going to get the best out of Corey Baird. I'm curious to see if there is a best out of Corey Baird that isn't what we already saw. Um, 
maybe there is. I don't know, but uh, he's got a, he's got a lot of competition to get into the starting lineup. Um, they've got a really good front line. Um, so yeah, Godspeed, Corey. <laughs> I think I think that's it for for me, Matt. I'm- that sounds great. Cool. Yeah. I was just I was just looking up Corey Baird's stats on Wikipedia real quick, and I noticed something interesting. Just want to mention it real quick. So he played the same number of games for RSL as he did for Stanford in his college career. Huh. Guess how many goals he scored for RSL? It was 83 games. He played 83 games for both of them. Gonna be like 18 uh, goals? 15 goals for RSL. Ooh. Guess how many goals he scored for Stanford? 20? 69. 16. So he had like almost the exact same three-year stretch with college and with RSL. That's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like identical numbers, huh? Okay, well, Corey, if you're listening, and I know you're not, I hope hope you go do the thing, all right? Yeah, good luck. Just not against us. All right, well. Cool. Uh, see you guys on the next one. It's been a delightful pleasure. Good night. Good night. Good night. That was a new one I'm trying out.